listening to Musings with Jeshua, a podcast dedicated to bringing you insights, stories, and heart-stirring reflections that serve to inspire and encourage us in embracing life and ourselves just as we are. This is Jeshua, and in this episode called Facing Ruin, I share a true and personal story from a challenging experience I had one night not long ago while co-facilitating a group healing ceremony. I delve transparently into the process by which we resist feeling both personal and collective discomfort and I explore the healing release and revelation that is possible when we are finally willing to turn and face what's arising. I hope you enjoy this particularly vulnerable and revealing episode. Facing Ruin One night, while helping to hold and co-facilitate a powerful healing ceremony for a small group of people, I suddenly found myself squirming with immense discomfort very deeply in my soul. Before the ceremony began, I had sat quietly in my seat, finding my center, calling in my intention to simply be of service, to get completely out of the way of love, to surrender. Then, not long after the ceremony began, as I rose from my spot in the circle and began to scan the room for what support might be needed, I became aware of an extremely uncomfortable feeling surfacing inside me, spanning all of my bodies, physical, emotional, and mental. It was like a subtle yet pressing sense of profound unease. And because there was nothing obvious to which I could attribute these difficult feelings, I felt puzzled and disconcerted. What was this about, and why was it arising right now? Experienced as I was in the practice of meeting any number of uncomfortable feelings and sensations, what made this experience particularly overwhelming was how it was arising in the middle of a work night in which it was my role to attend to others. Now, I have trained for decades to be able to put myself aside in designated moments that call for that, whether in a therapeutic context or as a friend or a mother. In this case, I had been specifically hired and entrusted to play this healing role by people with whom I'd been honored to work several times before. I knew they were counting on me to create a safe and seamless container in which they could dive deeply into their own powerful healing work. In other words, this moment was not supposed to be about me and my multidimensional squirming. This was a moment to be quiet and empty, 
purely available for listening and responding to what was needed by others in the room. I felt neither quiet nor empty. Much to my dismay, I felt a growing sense of inner distress, and any attempt to suppress, resist, deny, or postpone what I was experiencing seemed only to amplify and intensify these feelings. Oh my, what a fire. After several minutes of this, I walked to the bathroom and closed the door softly behind me. I took a moment with both hands on my heart, summoning self-soothing, and whispered, It's okay. It's really okay, love. Just feel this. I used all my skills, opening to the discomfort, fully welcoming and allowing it, hoping my generous inclusion of it would somehow relieve its intensity. But even in my sincere embrace of these disconcerting feelings and sensations, they remained mysteriously loud in their presence. And so then I got stern. I splashed cold water on my face, made deep eye contact with myself in the mirror, and said, Jeshua, you need to get it together, honey, now. I returned to the ceremony space, and after assessing what was needed, continued to make my rounds in the room, guided to different people, energetically supporting their opening and release. I sang a beautiful song into the room, and a little while later, I read a particularly potent poem about surrender, encouraging my own letting go as much as I hope to encourage others. All the while, the discomfort surged, a sense of raw, searing angst and horror steadily growing inside me. I lifted my fingers to my neck to check my own pulse, which was indeed racing, and wondered if maybe my blood pressure was high. Was this a panic attack? Was something really wrong? At one point, as the energy in the room came to a welcome lull of quiet, I slipped out the sliding glass door into the cool night air for a moment of space. I inhaled and exhaled, receiving this welcome breath of relief. I opened to the trees, whispering soothing solace to my nerves, and allowed the starlight to shower me with gracious kindness. I prayed out loud to the angels, Guys, can you help, please? I need some help. This is really a lot to manage, and I'm struggling. Please, dear ones, can you help? By help, of course, I meant please return me to the super competent and grounded professional version of myself. Please do something, anything to eradicate this fumbling, miserably squirming version of myself. No such luck. If help came, it was only in making the fire hotter, intensifying this growing sense of unease. At one point, I even wondered if maybe something was really wrong with me, like maybe I was dying. My first thought was, oh God, how embarrassing that would be. How horribly inconvenient. For a moment, I indulged a fantasy of my obviously imminent death, 
all the disappointed people, my heartbroken children and partner and parents. Oh, what a terrible mess that would be. This fantasy of my own death made my heart race faster and I began to feel dizzy. The pressure, oh, the pressure to stay alive, to keep it all together, to not fuck up, to be perfect, to be successful and reliable, smart and capable and wonderful. A truth speaker, a generous heart, a strong, healthy body. To be an incredible parent, a sexy lover, a courageous giver, a bright light, a heart of gold. Oh my goodness, the weight of identification, of being somebody at all. So much pressure, too much. I could feel the pressing need to somehow do my small part to help humanity through these harrowing times. I could feel the crushing expectation of myself to do a good job, to provide for my children, to make enough money, to be responsible and mature, to bring the best version of myself to life, to bring through the light and love for us all. Suddenly, unable to override these feelings another moment, I walked over to my spot in the room, directly facing the candle in the center, and slowly, quietly sat down. All my ideas of how I needed to act to be true to my role of service, every notion of professional integrity, every sense of being somebody who was supposed to behave in a certain way, it all had to be laid to rest once and for all. As I surrendered, I felt a great weeping rise up from deep inside me, first from my human woman body and heart and everything it holds, then from deeper still, from the belly of the earth, from the aching heart of our troubled world. Tears tumbled from my eyes and sobbing cries poured from my throat, wailing, wailing with immeasurable sorrow. As I released these cries, I could feel how all night long this immense discomfort that had plagued my body and heart and soul, making me squirm in resistance and avoidance, was nothing less than the escalating horrors of our world at this time. The immeasurable sorrow of the earth needing to be felt the countless human lives around the globe reeling in devastating loss, in terror, in hatred, in separation. As I fully let go to the force of emotion moving through, the room became entirely quiet and still, and these deep, sobbing cries coming out from within me were the only sound to be heard. Choiceless as it had been to give way to this river of tears, I knew then that I cried for everyone in the room, everyone in the world perhaps, that these tears were necessary and sacred 
and medicine. As my shuddering breaths slowly quieted and the cries came to a gentle close, I heard someone say softly, That was the most beautiful song you sang all night. In the calm stillness that followed such a tremendous release, I could feel an exquisitely sober invitation to face how utterly ruined it all is, and for at least a moment to give up completely, to lose every hope of what's broken ever finding repair of what's wounded ever finding the healing it yearns for, to give up on anything ever being all right. Ah, what sweet relief to face it all right here, right now. Facing the endless horrors alive on our planet at this time. Human trafficking, starvation, poisoned water and air and soil, political turmoil and wars of insanity, children shooting other children. It's hard not to confess to our own hearts what a potentially disastrous time we are alive in. We cannot help but tremble Is some nuclear catastrophe waiting around the bend or some complete loss of our democracy? Alongside this global horror, many of us live with deep personal angst, uncertainty, and insecurity about our physical health or how to make a sustainable living for ourselves, how to fully provide for our young and keep them safe how to meet each day in a way that rides a wave of trust and faith, how to meet the demands of life in a good way, in a true way. And yet, if we live with that horror and insecurity pulsing in our veins, it is difficult to be available to this fresh moment of life, given for us to simply feel, to be, to show up to life as best we can. What a tremendous and necessary relief to put down all the personal roles we play of parent and child, provider and protector, partner and lover, friend and ally, Boss and assistant, servant and activist, healer and worker, teacher and student, at least for a moment to put down all the roles and all the pressure we put on ourselves to perform, to succeed, to share, and to shine. And how about putting down every hope that the world will ever change to our liking, that life will get easier, that the dark forces will lose their power, and the light of love will prevail? Just for a moment to give up on any of it not being such an absolute and devastating mess. 
what happened for me then as I received this invitation from my own heart to fully face ruin, how ruined it all seems, personally and globally, was that an amazing and uncontainably delicious laughter arose from deep within me. Similar to the river of sorrow, this laughter rose up and poured out from my heart and voice, tumbling unrestrainedly into the room. Somehow, when we really give up hope of it ever not being a disaster, when I give up all hope of ever being a perfect somebody, of human relationship ever being easy, of this body ever being a purely pleasant place to be, when I just let it all be the mess it all already is, it makes me really deeply laugh. Maybe it's an inside joke, I don't know. But I wanted to share this with you in case maybe it tickles out a little chuckle from your disillusioned heart too. God knows we need all the laughter we can muster. And on a more sober note, what of the world's grief is buried inside you, I wonder? What are the painful pressures of being somebody that are building inside your belly, throat, and chest? What deep cries within you are simply waiting for a safe moment to emerge? When all the tears have been shed and we have heard our own cries, when the horrors of the world have been faced and our hopelessness has given way to at least a moment of laughter, then we can return to the simple truth of love again. What is it all for, if not for love? Simply to be lived, to be shared, to be known, to win completely and absolutely, at least right now, right here, within us. Broken open, surrendered to the flames of ruin, love rises once again, freshly, from the ashes. Love rises because it must, because finally love is the only thing that is real, that is trustworthy, that is big enough to include it all. You are that vast, outrageous love. Give everything to that and then see what remains. Give everything to that and then see what remains. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find more of my podcasts, writings, and other offerings on jeshua.com. That's J-E-S-U-A dot com. 
and I'm so grateful for this incredibly beautiful music of Aidy Bell. You can find more of her music at oracle88.com. That's O-R-A-C-L-E 88.com. Until the next time, I'm sending love from this heart to yours.